I'm your host, Chris, and you're listening to Just Keep Rolling. What's up, guys? It's Chris. We're back on another episode. Here, episode three. Um, it's I got Cat with me again. Hello. So we're here today. Uh, we're gonna be interviewing Mariella. Um, she also does have a, a Y. Um, how you doing today, Mariella? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? We're doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cat's doing great. Oh. You know, I'm vibing. So. I know that's she can do. But uh. So you have OI, yeah, Mariella? Um, yes. Yes, I was diagnosed with OI type 3. Although it's been said that I might have one of the newer ones. But I haven't had the opportunity to get rechecked. Okay, and when you when you say newer ones, what do you mean by that? Um, I'm, I'm not too like familiar with the name stuff. Uh, yeah, I think there's like, well, the ones that I know of, there's about eight types. And um, my doctor thinks that I might have one of the recessive uh, genes, just because my brother has it too. And so that's what they suspect. Okay, so you're not the only one in your family with OI. No, I actually uh, have a cousin that has a Y2. I mean, also, not a Y2. <laughs> okay, so you, your brother, and your cousin have all all have the same type? Uh, no, my cousin actually has, I think, type 1. Okay, okay. Um, just for everyone out there, Chris, I was doing some researching uh, the other day, and I was doing, because we had Daniela on, and we were talking about different types of OI. Um, right now, currently, uh, the most recent the most recent type uh, count is 19. What the hell? Wow. So, That's a lot. Yeah, and that is from, if I remember, that is from the Cleveland Clinic. So if anyone wants to check that source. I'm only used to it being five types. Five being the, the most severe and, and holy cow, 19. I knew that there were at least eight definitives, but like now with all the variations coming out. So 19, but that could be more, could be less. But like I said, that's from the Cleveland Clinic. So. Well, I mean, when, I, when I've always known, it might be different now, but what I've always known is my type Brown chest, um, short stature, um, not fragile, but not near as fragile as the, like type four, type five, um, and also wheelchair bound. But I've also heard of other type threes, um, that even makes sense to type threes, um, being able to walk. I've never been able to walk. My mom, when she was younger, could walk a little bit, I think. Um, she, she also has the same type of idea. I think I've touched on that a few previous episodes uh, but I've never been able to walk I've been able to stand when I was younger I mean, like embraces you know uh, but that was the early 90s so you know, it's not near as high tech as there back then as it is now because you know, I think in my opinion the kids these days haven't made with their OI 
that makes any sense because they have the little scooters they can ride you know what i mean like all kinds no, of no, stuff. you're you're totally right you're um mariella i i'm sorry you get completely just keep going for a minute but my dad was born in 68 1968 and you know i one of his walkers was literally like one of the child like learning walkers that you put a kid in to walk like right, a normal right. quote unquote normal child in like with like the like circular frame and all that stuff so yeah you're you're not wrong Okay, so yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's 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 completely different now than it was back then. Like I know Walmart sells a little scooter that you sit on, or and you can drive it with your hands. It's like a like a bomba seat, but on wheels. Like I wish we had that back in the nineties. You know what I mean? That would have been awesome for me. But it's just it's just way more. Damn, yeah, Chris, now. you're really aging yourself here, bud. <laughs> yeah, we just, I don't know, but I'm so, I can stop going on about that. I, I go on about that forever, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more advanced than it was back then. And like I said, back then, I, that's when I only knew it could be five types. Five being most severe, one being the mildest, and three being, eh, right in the middle. That's what I, that's what I am, or that's what I've always known. Like, hell, who knows, I might be type 15 now, you know, never know. But anyways, so let's let's hear more about you, Mariella. Um, what do you think, in your own opinion, how many bones have you broken? Uh, well, I know when I was born, all of pretty much all of my bones were broken, except for maybe like three or four. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I I spent a lot of time in the hospital when I was born. I think about three months. So, and then, well, to be honest, I've never really grew up with my biological family. And um, so when I was in the hospital, there was this nurse that was taking care of me and she just so happened to be a certified foster parent her and her husband and so she ended up uh, taking me uh, with her and live with her family it's amazing do you, do you mind that's amazing do you mind us asking um what caused the need for you to be put in the foster care system? Uh, yeah, according to my biological mom, who I talk to all the time, um, she said that as soon as I was born, uh, social workers all of a sudden approached her and started telling her that because she was 17 and she wasn't financially stable that there was no way that they was going to let her keep me and at first they wanted to put me in an institution like a sanitarium mm -hmm. but 
but my work mom was really against was really against it because she felt that I deserved to be with an actual family and so she yeah. said she said well if you guys are gonna make it so I can't have her then I want her to go to her family because growing up in a sanitarium is not what life is about well, due to you Absolutely. being I'm sorry to cut you off due to you being the age that you was I mean uh, your mom being the age that she was was your grandma not in the picture at all to to help her make decisions or was she just solely on her own um she was kind of on her own because I think I think her parents well I know her, she said her mom was against her keeping me too and so yeah I mean to me the way she explained the whole system to me it, it's always been it's always sounded really messed up right right because I don't know if you guys are familiar um, with how foster care works. No, I'm not. Uh, very, very loosely, yes. But how it works is that you have to be certified. So a person has to take all of these classes and then become certified as a foster parent. And then once they become certified, they can start taking in foster kids. And every month, that parent gets, those parents get paid to take care of this child. And, and to me, once I found out that that's how the system works, I mean, to me, that was just totally messed up. Because one of the reasons why they said that my mom couldn't have, couldn't take care of me was because she wasn't financially stable. And to me, they could have easily given her that money, but instead they chose to give, give it to a complete stranger. So, yeah, yeah I can understand that. Yeah, to me. So I to me, know. that was just... No, no, you're fine. I was just saying, I don't know how it works, but are they... I thought that technically, the even the birth mother, if they're underage, has the consent to choose what happens with their child, whether they keep her place for adoption or put in foster care. Um, am I wrong on that, or...? Um, from what I understand, my mom was kind of still somewhat in charge of my care, my biological mom. And because I remember when I was about 10 years old, my foster, my foster, my foster mom had to get permission from my biological mom to get my legs rotted so okay I, so my my so, question is yeah is is it possible to like if you wanted to well, let's say 
legally. Could you or your biological mother have, I guess, pressed charges against the state or anything for immediately coming in and saying, you need to give this child to the state, let them be a ward of the state? That's kind of what I've always wondered. Um, because I didn't start doing my research until about maybe five years ago. Because mm -hmm. there was just, because, I don't know, I kind of was having some emotional issues. And so I kind of reached out to my biological mom to get her side of the story. And that's the story that she told me. And even the, well, I have two sets of foster, foster parents. So my first set of foster parents, my, my first foster dad, his name was Jay. Um, he can, before he passed away, he told me that, you know, that things aren't always what they appear to be, you know, and because I always had kind of this negative image of my biological mom. Yeah, yeah. Just because, just because, you know, I wasn't, I was never really told the story, so I thought, you know, oh, so she just gave me and my brother up, but she was okay having children that were able-bodied. So yeah. that's how I saw it. That's kind of how I saw it, and that's what really upset me. Well, yeah, that and makes so, sense. Yeah. And so, and so in, before my first foster dad, before he passed away, like he told me this story, you know, that my biological mom actually was this great person and, and that she, and that if she ever wanted us to have us back, he would have gladly handed us back over just because she could, he could tell like how much he cared about it, about me and my brother. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's kind of, you know, what got me thinking too. And then also my biological grandma, because we moved out of the state when I went to, when I was about five years old. And from then on, I had very little contact with my biological family. And the only person that ever really communicated was my biological grandma, who would, who would send letters and cards for birthdays and um, for holidays. And during one of these letters, she mentioned, you know, that the reason why my biological mom couldn't, was never wrote to me or had, or communicated well was because she didn't have the funds to even get a stamp 
or anything like that to write a letter. And so, so yeah, that's kind of when my views about her kind of changed too. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a tough situation to be in. Uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. But she said, she said that the social workers didn't tell her about all these programs that she could have put my brother and I on in order to keep us. Because according to my research, like foster care, it actually makes money off of giving kids. Yes, of course. And, and they really love when you're dealing with a poor family as well as with someone that has a disability and a minority. And so because I was disabled, like I was really profitable. Well, I mean, in this country in general, the adoption system it's mainly done through private adoptions now and or private agencies so i mean think about it in that way right you have social work and child protective services which is already extremely corrupt and then you're taking these children out of their biological homes putting them into foster group homes and then adopting them out through private agencies, you're, they're making good money. So they don't want that system to quit. Yep. Yep, you're so right about that. So, you said you had two different foster parents, sets of foster parents. So, don't mind me asking, why do you, what happened? Why did you have to go to the next one? You know what I mean? Like, you have, because you had conflict with them, like you said, or? Uh, no, actually I got along really well with my first foster parents. To be honest, I actually thought they were my biological parents just because they took me home from the hospital. And so I always thought, you know, oh, I have, uh, you know, my first foster parents who I felt was my biological ones. And then for some reason, I had these other parents that would come over once a week to visit. And so, you know, I just thought that was kind of normal because I was really never told that it wasn't. So, but the reason why um, I had to go to a different home was because my foster parents at the time were older and so it was getting hard for them to take care of me and so I ended it and so um Jay who was my first foster dad his sister and her husband uh, actually volunteered to take me and so I ended up and because of that, I ended up, that was when I ended up moving out of state. And that was when the uh, 
biological fam- family contact kind of ended and that was that was really hard absolutely now do you mind me asking did you ever get adopted or guardianship or were you did you just kind of age out of the system uh yeah i actually aged out of the system um my uh current foster parents wanted to adopt me but i kind of well the state that i was born in so the state of Oregon said that because I had a disability or the disability the severity of my disability that I couldn't be adopted because what the hell? they didn't want I know yeah that because they, does not sound right but all right <laughs> yeah yeah but I guess they said no because because of the severity of her disability we don't want you to adopt her and say oh i don't want to do this anymore so so they and, didn't want to end up being liable got it yes god so the people yeah. that took you on as their child or became your caretaker are they certified no oh. uh yes Okay, okay. But I, yeah, but I aged out of the system and so I no longer, so I don't think they're long, no longer certified. So you, but, so what, what about now? Where are you at now? Like, are you taking care of um, yourself or are they take, still taking care of you? Um, I actually live with my, uh, current biological mom's uh, grandchildren, and they take care of me. Okay. So your your biological mom's grandkids take care of you? Uh, no, my current foster foster parents. I'm living with their grandkids, and they're taking care of me. Well, particularly their grandson and his wife is taking care of me. Do you live with them? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. you said, just to make sure I'm not mistaken, you said you have type 3? Yes. And so are you confined to a wheelchair like me? Or are you, like all, I mean, me personally, I'm confined to a wheelchair when I'm not on the bed and the couch. You know what I mean? I'm like on the couch, not on the couch. On the couch. Or like, you know, sitting somewhere else, I'm, I, I am confined to my wheelchair. Yeah, I'm confined to my wheelchair too. Are you able to transfer yourself? Um, as long as it's level, then I can, yes. Yeah, me too. Okay. Alright, well, I've got a lot of similarities there. Like, I mean, me personally, uh, my mom, you know, like, I don't know if I spoke about this earlier or not, but my mom also has type 3, same, same as I do. Um, so I, she, you know, taught me to be independent just like her mom did because my mentality is if you don't take care of yourself, nobody's going to take care of you. you know what I mean, you got to take care of yourself. 
somebody's gonna take care of you and you'll end up in a home or home or something like that you know god forbid all, i didn't want that happen to me because to me that's just awful i mean but i don't sure some situation you gotta do what you gotta do and you know if you can't take care of yourself you gotta be taken care of that's understandable but i mean i just i don't know i've just always been independent like i, I can drive cook clean i'm very lazy though <laughs> don't get me wrong i'd rather not do something if i don't have to but you know i'm just good to hear that you're uh doing it as well so yep yeah not too shabby i mean they kind of have to do uh the stuff that i can't do like reach for things and and you know basically things like that but other than that i have a pretty good setup well, i know you i don't know if you'll be talking about it or not but i know you messaged me we said in the chat the other day that you had to wait for your caregiver to definitely get up i mean are you currently experiencing a, a broken bone or something right now um well i kind of have uh deformed arms so my arms aren't that long right and so because they're not that long then it's hard for me to like dress myself and use the bathroom and shower and do all that by myself just because i can't reach gotcha okay yeah they we tried to see if they would put rods in my arms right but Mm -hmm. But unlike my legs, they said that they that they were too afraid to because I did because there's like a lot of um I don't know what you what you'd call them like nerves or something that you could damage by putting a rod in. So they said they said that as long as I can reach my mouth to feed myself, then they're not they wouldn't bother putting a rod in my arm because there's too much of a risk that i may never be able to use it because of the surgery okay okay um so here's a question i have for you um i know a lot of us in the oi community some do some don't uh college or or higher schooling um what have you done about that or did you just graduate high school and decided that was it um i actually went on and graduate graduated with the bachelor's of science in psychology nice nice now are you looking for positions uh that will allow you to use your bachelor uh, in psychology, or um, I've tried to, but getting a job is really hard. So, yeah, it's been tough getting a job. So I've just been volunteering at hospitals, and because I really enjoy the caregiving field, so it makes me, you know, feel like I'm kind of, sort of, maybe using my psychology degree, even though it's just volunteer. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, awesome. What's that? Oh, we just said that was awesome. 
yeah, I'm just saying that's great. That's an awesome, awesome thing to do. It is. Yeah, it's really fun too. It's very, very rewarding. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say? We've been asking everybody this. What would you say the most, the worst bone you ever broke? The worst bone? Right. The most, the worst fracture you've ever had. I would say when I dislocated my femur, yeah, I was... Yeah, those were bad. Yeah. That, that was like the worst pain I've ever been in, probably. Have you had a, a moan break recently? Uh, not recently. I mean, I usually break ribs every once in a while, but I don't know, they just seem like nothing compared to when you break an arm or a, or a leg. No, not at all. Okay. I, would, I know people think people think it's weird when I tell them that I would rather have a broken rib over a broken arm or a broken leg. Just no, because I, I feel like uh, absolutely. Just because I feel like I can still be independent, if even though I did break a rib, right? You can like, stuff the pain out. Leg, yeah. yeah. But it's a lot more difficult when you break an arm or a leg. No, I, I agree with that statement 100%. Me too, I can definitely uh, relate to that. It's uh, I mean, personally, I don't want any kind of limb broken, you know, I'd I rather have, uh, I guess, a broken rib or something very, very minor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, what do you like to do in your, your free time? Um, I use, sometimes I play uh, video games with my brother, or I like to read, and I really like watching sports, so. And does your brother live with you as well? Uh, yes, he does. He's my biological brother. He, so, yeah, we both had the same experience. So they, he has to be, um, he has to be taken care of as well, or is he more independent? Yes. Uh, no, we have the same severity. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, uh, do you think he, he might uh, ever be interested in being on the podcast? Um, I could definitely ask him for sure. Yeah, let me see. We could definitely maybe do an episode about him, get his uh, perspective yeah. on it. You know. Mm-hmm. Is he your older or younger brother? Younger. Younger? Okay. A lot, yeah. A lot of people mistake us as twins just because we have the same severity, so our deformations look similar. But yeah, I'm a yeah. year older. <laughs> Isn't there well, somebody like... Isn't there somebody like in the Philippines or something that was that our brother and sister? I think I remember seeing something like that. Yeah, I think she had a baby. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple. I know a couple of Boi twins. Um, a couple sets of Boi twins, I should say. Um, 
Okay, I was going to ask something, and now I forgot it. We love ADHD up in here. Right, right. Um, let's think. I was coming at your brother, older or younger. Oh, Lord. It will come to me. Chris, do something, and, and let me think <laughs> of this. Is there anything you want to talk about, Marilyn? Anything you want to bring awareness to? Anything I remember. Like people know? I remember. Okay, sorry, got it. Um, so it sounds like with the whole foster care system and everything, you honestly, and probably your biological family, depending on whether you've exceeded the statute of limitations or not, you all sound like you have a pretty like decent case to go up against the state as well as the system and in and of itself, or specifically at least that hospital and those, that branch of social workers, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, because... Would that be something you'd ever be interested in? Like, wanting to... I mean, legal fees are fucking expensive. I know this. My father's a lawyer. That's why I'm very into the law and this. I grew up around all that. So it sounds like honestly, you all have a really kind of tight case yeah i actually have kind of thought about it i mean don't get me wrong i really love the families that i've been in but the emotional trauma of it all has just been i don't know really tough to deal with because i mean not only do I have, I mean, I kind of, I did kind of go to therapy for a little bit. And my therapist said that I may have um, some kind of trauma disorder from it all. Well, yeah, and yeah. I, and I do remember when I was little that I would always have uh nightmares like especially after i moved out of state and no longer saw my foster family i mean my biological family and i had a, I started having like really bad dreams about my biological family just because i had these misinterpretations of who i thought they were so oh, yeah, yeah it's been a yeah it's it's been and it's still kind of hard, really. Well, obviously, I mean, that stuff comes with a lot of trauma in and of itself. I know the whole system in and of itself is full of trauma. One of my best friends growing up was in and out of foster care, and I saw what it did to them. So I know, you know, just from the outside looking in, I know that there's a lot of trauma. Um, would you and your brother ever want to, I guess, Sue, I mean, I don't know exactly who you could sue now, especially because of the statute of limitations, but, like, for emotional damage or reparation, would that be something you all would ever want to do? Um, I would... I would actually consider it. Because, yeah, I mean, I think what they did was wrong. Especially that they didn't tell my biological family about all of these programs 
you know, like Medicaid and all of these other governmental uh, programs that they, that she could have went on to make it so that she could take care of me. I was about to I say, it seems like there was a lot of purposeful leaving out of information and misinformation. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I, I don't know, I kind of wish that my biological mom would get on board too and sue the system just because she said that they was that they said really terrible and horrible things to her because after she gave birth to my brother there was kind of like oh so you did it again huh kind of thing and so and i think you know that's wrong oh it absolutely is i don't sadly i'm being realistic here with Skag of everything, if you sue the system itself, you're gonna lose. Um, but I think if you could sue the that branch of like that department who maybe said those things or or left out misinformation or the hospital, even like the specific branch of hospital social services, you could probably get at least something out of that and. I think honestly that would be a win making at least a small statement saying you know you all can't keep doing this to people with disabilities and especially foster families and uh kids with disabilities who go into the system and expect to get away with it mm-hmm. yep well if there are any lawyers out there who want to do a pro bono case for mariella let's uh get this going yeah for real yeah, that'd be cool, right? Yeah. So do you use a, a power chair or a manual chair? I... I think she accidentally left the call. Uh-oh. We'll, we'll grab her back right quick. Let's see. I'm just trying to think of anything I can ask. Alright, so we're going to have a brief intermission here. Um, I think that with me having or being diagnosed with mental health issues, I think it would make the case even stronger. Well, absolutely. I mean, you can always sue for emotional damage, so. Mm hmm Yep. And even, um... Jay, my first foster dad, he said, you know, he said, if you don't like something, then try and fix it. Absolutely. Yeah, you can, uh, can, you know, if you don't like it, change it the way you like it, or you know, try to fix it. Uh, uh, but the Russell, that motto is, don't, don't fix something that's not broken, you know? I don't yep. Know. It can go two ways. <laughs> Especially because the system is profiting, to them it isn't broken. So. Right, right. Mm hmm. That's why I think they should only focus on the children that are actually 
being abused, you know, because they spend, I feel like they spend so little time um, finding families where children are being abused because they I don't know, just because nobody wants to take children that have emotional baggage. And so they only want small newborn babies who are free of everything. Yep. Yeah, because that's more money to them. Yep. Which is sad. Oh, it's disgusting. My mother was and is a special education teacher, and she was always the one who would always have to report cases to the state. So I, I grew up, you know, always hearing about, oh my gosh, I hate this. I'm nauseous because of this. I, I hate it. So, so it, it was always just gross. And I, I completely agree that you need to focus on actual cases of documented neglect and abuse and things of that nature rather than going after people, parents who have children with disabilities or minorities because of racial biases or anything of that nature. You know, it really pisses me off when, say, for instance, I have a child. Well, no, no, not even that. Let's, let's say, um, I don't know, say Joe, say Joe and Henry uh, has a baby with Mariella. Or, and Mariella, say, for instance, was uh Ab, you know, what do we say? What do we call them? Normal <laughs> normies. Able body. Able body. She was able bodied. I can't even remember anything. Sorry. She was able bodied, um, and she had a child of life. The state or the government or whoever automatically assumes that she beat that baby, or you know what I mean? Like it, they automatically assume the worst. And, and I've read cases on the the OI forum about parents like hey my baby just got taken what do i do da, 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 you know what I mean? she had such and such broken so it's really hard you know what i mean it's really hard to uh read stuff about that really hard to i guess i don't know it's it's just messed up it's messed up all around uh the book by oh my goodness hold on um Hold on, I'm so sorry. It'll, I'll find it. Hang on. The book, uh, Handle with Care by Jody Picoult. That's specifically what it's about. About how this child was taken away from their parents because the child kept breaking bones and the parents had no clue that they had a why and all that stuff. So the book, wow, Handle really? with Care. Yeah, there's, it's very, it was on the number one uh, bestsellers list, it's everywhere, so. Wow. Yeah, so check if, if you want to read a, um, yeah, I, I just found a synopsis of it. Uh, let's see, do do do. When Willow is born with severe osteogenesis imperfecta, her parents are devastated. She will, uh, suff oh god, that is a hor- no, I'm not reading that, because that is a horrible, horrible, uh, summation, so no. I'm <laughs> sorry. The Handle of Care explores the naughty tangle of medical ethics and personal morality in the case of a disabled child with osteogenesis imperfecta. Wow. 
Well, I mean, they can go and read it for themselves. Just who was the author again? Jody Picoult, and it's Picoult. called Handle yeah. with Care. It's on Amazon, a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, Amazon, Audible, it's everywhere. Alright, cool, cool. Well, Mariella, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Anything you want to, like I said, bring awareness to? Anything at all, no matter what it is. No limits, no censorship here. Um, I don't think so. I think, yeah, I, can't, I don't think I can think of anything. Anything, Kat, what are you mind? Anything? I can't think of anything either. I think we've pretty much covered everything, so. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what is your future plans, Mariella? What do you hope to do in the future? Um. Hmm. Got any goals set? Anything like that? Um. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking of maybe getting my master's degree and counseling but we'll see about that <laughs> that'd be pretty cool mm -hmm. my goal is to lose weight even though i'm stuffing the cheesecake in my mouth right now <laughs> but yeah all right well it's been a pleasure Mariella. yeah thanks for thanks for having me guys you know what they say just keep on rolling okay I like it. Absolutely. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. All right, guys. It's been Cat and Chris again. Another episode down in the books. We'll, uh, we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.